text for the sermon is James, taken from James. Do not err, my beloved brother, and every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning, uh, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. And then uh, a text we often, I use often here, uh, especially in connection with what I'm preaching on, from 2 Peter 1, 4, by which he has grafted uh, uh, he has granted to us His precious and very great promises so that through them we may become partakers of the divine nature. Partakers of the divine nature. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. God's finality for man, our destiny, is to grow into the title uh, that uh, Christ and His church has bestowed upon us, namely that we are the children of God. I think that the reality is for most of us that uh, we take uh, titles of identity like I'm an American or I'm an Australian or I'm a Spencer or I'm a Smith or uh, I'm a modern man or I'm a Virginian much more earnestly than we take uh, the identity that Christ himself bestowed upon us when he gave us a prayer that begins with the words, Our Father. I think we hardly uh, give it a second thought. Uh, but if we take Jesus seriously when he says, this is my body, if we believe him when he showed his, uh, we believe that he actually showed his disciples the scars on his hands and feet and encouraged him to touch his resurrected body, if we believe that, if we believe that he loves us, if we believe the creeds, should we not take it seriously when he spoke to Mary outside of the tomb and said, Mary, go to my brethren and say unto them, uh, I ascend to my father and your father. To my God and your God. You can be sure that the early church took this title, Children of God, quite seriously. And they took it to be more than a title indicating a group of identity. Furthermore, they took it more seriously uh, than, than a title uh, 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 for, for a, uh, a moral, uh, a morality that we should grow into. Far more seriously than that. Many of the first Christians took the title, Children of God, to signify so radical a change in their state of being that they were quite prepared to entirely dispense with Israel. On the other hand, there were those uh, in, uh, th uh, that Paul identifies as a circumcision uh, who affirmed the reality that through Christ we become children of God, uh, but these Jewish Christians also believed that you had to become a Jew first. It took the church considerable time uh, to work through this, uh, through the ministry of St. Paul. And we saw in a study we did several years ago of uh, the book of Romans uh, uh, that, that Paul showed the church of God that grace, uh, that God's grace had, had not destroyed Israel, but rather that Jesus the Messiah had perfected the Israel of God by assuming Israel's life into his own, by recapitulating Israel, and, and, and then bequeathing all of the perfected promises to his bride, the church. And those perfected promises are, among other realities, the means of grace, the sacraments of the church. And that's what Peter's referring to when he says, uh, for God has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them we may become partakers. And the word partaker 
Here is exactly the same word that, uh, that we uh, would translate as uh, participate, to participate, to partake of the divine nature. Once again, uh, just to, uh, the upshot of this, our resurrected Lord himself, we, in him we see in his commission to Mary Magdalene uh, that he reinforces this reality in the morning of his resurrection that uh, the, the radicalized state being baptized is to have God as our Father, God the Father as our Father, and to have Jesus Christ the Son as our sibling. The first day we celebrate and commemorate St. Athanasius the Great, First Ecumenical Council, uh, Athanasius uh, in, in the uh, Council of Nicaea won the day by asserting that our deification, listen to what I'm saying, our deification, our divinization uh, was impossible if Christ was not fully divine like the Father and fully human like His mother. Now, the, the thing is that when I say that, our deification, for some of you, 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 you don't, you've never heard that before. You haven't given much notice to it. Let me tell you something. Deification was there in the absolute very beginning. That's what St. Peter says when he says that you participate in the divine nature through the promises of God. I'm going to explain all of this as we move, we move on. But deification is impossible unless Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. In a letter to St. Adelphius against the Arians who didn't believe that, uh, Athanasius summed up the mystery in this effect uh, uh, and, and the effect of the incarnation this way. And I quote, For Christ our God has become man that he might deify you in himself, and he has been born of a woman and begotten of a virgin in order to transfer to himself our erring, uh, to our erring, uh, our erring gener generation, uh, that we may henceforth be a holy race, partakers of the divine nature, just as St. Peter has said. End of quote. Everything that matters to Jesus, everything that matters to St. Paul and Peter, all the apostles, Athanasius, the whole church is completely dependent upon the incarnation. Our connection to the Son is intimate. Our relation to Jesus is the pearl of great price because He has in devoted solidarity become a partaker of our flesh and blood so that we may become a partaker of His divinity. God has become flesh of our flesh. And so we have a true connection, a material connection in the flesh that we share with Jesus. And this is a reality. Listen to me, that our very human nature, body and all that hung upon the cross, this day participates lively in the interior life of God, the Blessed Trinity. That is an instant, uh, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, I don't even know how to say that. But that is a reality. That is your reality. That our very human nature this day is participating in the interior life of God, the Blessed Trinity. Human nature, body and all, has been assumed into the life of God, taken up into the life of the God who is God. Listen, without annihilating or changing human nature. That is the key. That is absolutely key. Because human nature has not become less than human nature. Uh, and it hasn't become greater than human nature. It makes all of the difference in the world that you understand this. First of all, that the incarnation is the event 
in which the word of the Father entered into the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, as Athanasius put it in another place, so that our flesh was knit to the word of the Father from heaven, so that it may be carried back into heaven by the word. So what I want you to understand, uh, and don't forget, is that the flesh of our Lord Jesus Christ, His human nature, came from His mother Mary. The reason I say don't forget it is because there are people that don't believe that. And there are people that, that have other teachings that are rightful to that. Don't forget it. Any understanding of the incarnation of, the, of our Lord Jesus Christ invalidates Mary's title. Theotokos, mother of God, bearer of God, is not Christian. It's because his human nature, body and all, has been assumed into the life of God that we human beings now participate in the life of God. I'm going to say something about that in just a minute. This is how we participate in the life of God. And this is where the second point is critical, uh, that the human nature of our Lord Jesus Christ received from Our Lady, Blessed Virgin Mary, even after his humanity was assumed, even after his crucifixion, even after his resurrection, even after his ascension, remains human nature. Remains human nature. We don't become angels when we go to heaven. We're human beings. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The flesh of our Lord Jesus Christ, His humanity, was perfected by being knit into the life of the wound, life of the Word, by participation in the life of the Word, all of the wounds of the fall uh, were healed. But, but human nature did not become more than human nature, nor did it become less than human nature in our Lord Jesus Christ in the ascension, and so will you not. I want you to understand that we are human beings. We will remain human beings and we will achieve our full potential in God. This is all about participation in the life of God, as St. Peter uh, puts it, uh, partaking of the divine nature. Uh, and as I have uh, said, uh, and, and participation is about what grace is. What, what do we mean by grace? Uh, when I was a kid, when I was a kid growing up, uh, we were taught that grace is unmerited favor, free and undeserved help from God that gave uh, in order that we might respond to His call to be His children. And that's true. It's just not complete. It's not, it's not finished. Uh, it's only partially true. The grace of God is not, is not utilitarian. It is not pragmatic. It's not a transaction. Grace is a state of being uh, that our participation uh, is our participation in the life of God. To be in a state of grace is to be participating in the life of the God who is God. Now, participation. I want you to understand this. By participation, I do not mean participation uh, as in participating in a ball game or participating in a club. Uh, or participating in some kind of uh, organization, uh, or participating in a, in a you know in a, in, a, in a rally. That's not what participation is. I'm talking about it's not participating as in an activity. Not yet. They, this is sacramental participation, and that is I think much better understood uh, to be more like an in. Listen to what I'm saying. That is, participation is more like 
an unborn infant participating in the life of his mother. Now that's something we know something about around all Saints Anglican Church because we have a lot of kids here. Participation, sacramental participation I'm talking about, that St. Peter's talking about, when he talks about partaking of the divine nature, it is far more like the unborn infant participating in the life of his mother. The only way a fetus lives is through the organic participation uh, in the life of the mother. The infant does not bring life to the mother. The mother's life is the only life the fetus has. The unborn is, uh, in a sense, incorporated into the life of the mother. That's sacramental participation. That's what I'm referring to when I refer to participation over and over and over again. Are you all with me? I don't need to go back over that at this point. Okay, well, you'll hear it again, I can guarantee you. The way into that state of grace is through the perfected gifts that have come down to, down to us from the Father of lights. The way we normally are incorporated as human beings into, the, into Jesus Christ is through holy baptism. And once incorporated, we are then nurtured in the church and we appropriate the other sacraments, especially the sacrament of Holy Communion. The sacraments are instruments uh, that infuse and nurture us in a state of grace. And another thing, two paragraphs, not very long left, only two. Another thing, all of this experience is experienced in our life together. It begins with baptism into Christ and then feeding upon Christ as an unborn child is nourished by his mother's life. But then that life overflows into our life together. And that's what we've all been missing so much. I mean, we have a, we have a, a nice crowd at this service, but we all know that we haven't all been together. We all know that, and we all, we all feel that, and, and we long for that. Uh, it is our life together. I want to submit to you an extension of a sacramental participation flowing from the altar to agape uh, to our Wednesday and to other incarnational activities and, and gatherings that has been truncated over this last year for reasons out of our control for good reasons uh, but it has been truncated and we have a sense of loss and we have a loss because of that because the teaching of the church our ability to teach and communicate uh, to, to the children of the church has been limited because of, because of that truncation. This is why we naturally feel a loss, uh, even a profound uh, sense of bereavement, that even though, thank God, we have been receiving the Blessed Sacrament, uh, we naturally feel loss uh, uh, be, uh, because we haven't been able to take the next step and have that... that uh, 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 the blessing uh, of the Blessed Sacrament flow into the rest of our life, in particular our life uh, together. It feels as though a season of the most severe Lent uh, is what we have been going through and, and soon uh, to be lifted.
So last paragraph, summing up. Sacramental life begins at the baptismal font, and then it is sustained at the altar, and then naturally flows into our social life, our social slash sacramental life together. Uh, that is the way we are saved, that is the way we are being saved, and that is the way we shall be saved. Sacra the, uh, salvation is not merely salvation from sin, but salvation in the most complete sense of the word means to be made whole, to grow, to actuate our full potential as human beings, which is to realize our destiny as creatures bound together in a mutual journey that will have its perfect end in the vision of God Almighty, in the beatific vision, all of us. We are meant to behold God face to face together, to see and to worship the God who is God in a manner of speaking through the eyes and the sacred heart of God Himself as His own children gathered together. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.